In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who not only preached the gospel, but is the gospel. Amen. How do you respond to good news? Maybe we got to ask the reverse. We know how people respond to bad news. Everyone reacts in similar ways, like with disgust, sadness, shock, or fear. The media knows people tend to have a uniform character when it reports on bad news. Criminal activity, dangerous weather, threats, problems of war, corruptions of politics, and other news informs. But it also keeps our attention. In other words, bad news is safe. And it pays the bills. Quite the opposite is true with good news, when you think about it. Today is the Sanctity of Life Sunday, or we can just say Life Sunday. And it's something everyone should be able to rally around. We all live, breathe, and exist by God's goodness. However, there is much strife today over what is good for life. Pregnancy of a woman, for instance. You remember more of this than my generation, but pregnancy of a woman was a uniform celebration. That when a woman would share that I'm pregnant, it would be good news that would flow out both in the family, the church, and the state. It was a, it was a good thing in every way. Now it's praised by some, questioned by others. Do you really want to have kids yet? Or it's just plain degraded by others. We can't have kids. I mean, it's going to cause more problems with global warming, and we can't satisfy our needs and demands. We've got to sterilize people. You see, we've got excitement. We've got pessimism and bitterness, all revolving around just one topic of a pregnancy of a woman, and they're worlds apart, when really it's just good news. People can still have children, have life in this world. And so whether the media or our own lives, bringing up good news is risky. You never know what the reaction might. So we're left to report on the bad that in Indiana in 2020, because that's when the reports come out as a year prior, Indiana had 7,756 abortions. And for the first time ever noted, nearly 55% of those abortions were chemically induced. What does it mean? It means that all other methods to abort a child at whatever stage, but all other methods, this was what happened, chemically induced, because the lockdowns left women isolated at home. And in that isolation, all they had to do is take a few pills in a succession of a certain order. Thanks be to God that Jesus is different than us. He is confident to declare 
the good news above everything else. He knows the bad news. He even knows the bad statistics. But he's about the good news because he is the good news. Salvation in him is in every way life for sinners. And whatever the response is, like with the sower and the seed, good news remains good. Since when, we can ask this question, does man's approval give God anxiety in his saving work? We encounter such a scene today when Jesus, he enters the synagogue, a local church, at his hometown. He's probably been there many times in the past when he was a kid. As the Son of God, he knew what was going to happen even before he opened his mouth. The reactions did not change the truthfulness of God's word spoken. Jesus' declaration to be the Messiah was shockingly good news connected to what Isaiah the prophet wrote. Since this was the best news of all, because these were Jews who were waiting for the coming Messiah, it also brought one extreme and another, this great news. This disruption did not derail Jesus or make him question his task. His sole desire is the gospel proclaimed with him at the center of it all. The center of what? Forgiveness, life, and salvation as truly good for us. Just as God gave it in the Old Testament, that forgiveness, life, and salvation, now it was fully there in the flesh. At the initial outset, our welcoming to the gospel when Jesus unrolled the scroll and read from Isaiah, there were no complaints. These were positive words concerning the coming Messiah. Good things towards the poor, the captive, blind, and oppressed. It's what everyone wants to see healed and better, even the best humanitarians. Jesus' comment today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, was well received. They called his words gracious because you got on being fulfilled meant no more waiting. And waiting is always looking for what God gives. However, this pleasant reaction was empty of any faith in Jesus as the Messiah. They said, is not this Joseph's son? And so here was a denial up front of the virgin birth and Jesus being God. They just wanted to interpret the nice words about the gospel apart from anything to do with Jesus. In the same way most today are welcoming to good news, here's what I mean. People will say good news in spiritual terms like God be with you or we're praying for you. We see it all over the internet and Facebook. Few even complain about hearing a text like John 3, 16 when they're in need. Matter of fact, who gets offended at the scriptures when read at a church service? Very rarely does it happen. People hear what they want, just like those at the synagogue. The only suspense comes in waiting for what might come preached from the pulpit. Everything else 
is no surprise per se with the worship, right? It's orderly, and especially as Lutherans, we have the liturgy. You know what's going to come. And yet media-driven madness can even make a sermon to be just a different form of public speech. That's all it is. Nice thoughts and aspirations. But calling it God's word spoken in these times with forgiveness and life, well, that's just extreme. It's just a, it's just a called servant of the church. It's just a man. What becomes declared through the called ministers of Christ is a mixed baggage. Good news. That's risky. Of course, the rest of the reading from St. Luke, we don't, get, we don't have the time to get into every detail, but it does not appear to go so well for Jesus, is it? His words brought great offense to the point of desiring his death. So it is with the gospel. When finally proclaimed in truth and purity, hearing good news turns out not always to be so good. This is true when it's a message designed with forgiveness. To understand that Jesus is the Savior means also to understand that he came to die for real sin. That we do, in thought, word, and deed. In this body. And so the Jews were fine hearing the words of Isaiah because they applied it to others in need. However, Jesus did not want them to apply it to others, but to themselves, right there in Nazareth. They were, at, they were actually the poor, captive, blind, and oppressed, who had come, whom he had come to set free in that synagogue. Clearly, they did not want association with that type of good news. And so they dragged Jesus out of town to end him. May God grant us his grace to take his good news to be good. It is to rely on this goodness of God like David during the evil times of Saul or that sinful woman who anointed Jesus' feet in a Pharisee's house. You see in the text today, what you did hear is Jesus said in the time of Elijah, in the time of Elisha, there were problems in Israel, but it was only the woman in Zarephath who believed what God spoke. It was only Naaman the Syrian who believed what God gave. It was outsiders, not those inside. Often people become offended when sins and faults are made known by the law. And yet Jesus came to draw out this darkness to let his light shine for our good. Terrian life to be good. But a justified faith in God's grace that is given is unknown before the world in their lives. Or others say a person's choice alone makes for a good life. But leave out what God made for them as a promise in baptism. What a horrendous thing. Not that our culture merely kills infants in the womb. It's more horrendous that, frankly, churches support that. That's the shocking pain. And maybe it's even in our families. Like at Nazareth, claims made by men having fashioned their own saviors, when we do this, then we drag Jesus out of life Sunday. 
to have no part in it. Christ in the word and sacrament means sinfulness exposed before the man who is God for us. And so sin is not merely life, but also neglecting what's good for life. The poor, captives, blind, and oppressed are not in the news. It's us. To confess our sins is not bad news, but good, for it means having to receive, once again, life from Jesus and his word. If his salvation is the greatest gift from God, then goodness reigns for our good. God is all about good. And so hearing the gospel of sins forgiven will not be merely welcomed into your life. It is our life Sunday, every Sunday, and each day before our lives, this Jesus and his word. Of course, I'm not asking you to be able to live with yourself. I can barely do that myself. But it's about being with Christ. Hold strong to the words of Nehemiah, because what you hear in that Old Testament reading are a people who did not have the word. They were reestablished, as we learned in Bible study a couple months ago. They were brought back from exile. But this is the first time they really gathered as a people to hear the word of God. And they wept over the tragedy and the, and the grotesqueness of how things were so neglected. How did it come to be this way? But remember what Nehemiah said. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What is the joy? They were hearing the word again. They were hearing what God would say to his people out of his goodness. Jesus has come to be the good news for our poor lives, caught in sin, and in these days, fear of death. He is the liberator who sets us free from captivity and oppression by Satan. He restores our eyesight so that we may see the goodness of what God's word speaks before our lives. Some will hear this with excitement, and they're going to declare amen. And if you've ever noticed in the liturgy, you say amen an awful lot, because that's the goal, is to be excited with the amen of what God does by his word. Others will take what they hear with pessimism, and they're going to say, what can Jesus really do for me right now? Still others in bitterness will despise it all wanting to be their own God and their own good. Does such a range of responses really surprise you over the gospel? It already happened with Jesus. While various kinds of goodness before life is risky to celebrate, God proclaimed goodness by his eternal word to keep giving you and any the same Jesus. Nevertheless, our Lord is much bolder than us, isn't he? Having walked through the crowd unharmed. This afternoon, you can walk with me for Life Sunday at the Life Center up to Falls Cemetery. It's not that long of a walk. You won't be that cold. But if you can't, that's fine. I understand. They got a transportation bus that can bring you there too. But we can't, this is what Jesus does today and walks through the crowds unharmed. That's even harder. Because you see, the desire of the Father is to celebrate and make known life in the fullness of his Son. 
This would be the miracle. At last, where Jesus would walk to his cross and he would let the foolishness of sinners lay hands on him and the good life, then the good for this life. He would claim all in his sacrifice on that cross with his death. Cherish the good news of the gospel, but it's going to be a fight in these days, my friends, and those even who are listening on Facebook. It does not matter. It's going to be a fight. Not because I'm looking for a fight. Life Sunday calls out the twisted opinions of men who do not know life, only death, and the gloomy ways that the devil wants to work upon our lives in this world. It's all called out. Stand on Jesus when life is shaken by the law upon your own lives. Go with the living word that cannot fail sinners. Trust how life is to be good, since the gospel is God's greatest gift to us. Martin Luther writes, and I leave you with this, If our efforts to bring people to faith meet with no success, and we cannot attain the desired goal, we should nonetheless continue to rebuke, warn, admonish, plead, and pray. If men accept the gospel, well and good. If they do not accept it, I say, farewell, fine world. I do not intend to grieve myself to death because of your attitude. What's your attitude in Life Sunday, my friends? I know God's answer for you is Jesus and him crucified with all the comforts that have come by his resurrection in these last days. Life Sunday lives and breathes alone from the gospel. Proclaim Christ and his cross, for such salvation is true goodness, alive for each and every one of us. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. And that is good news. Amen. And so having heard the word this day, we now make good confession with our words together as we rise and confess the baptismal creed, the apostles' creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Mary, 